It's a Labor Day special in more ways than one today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Well, 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 so we meet again. Hey there, soap fans. It's Dan Kroll welcoming you to another edition of Soap Central Live. I hope that you are getting ready for your Labor Day weekend. For those of you in the East, it has already started. For those of you in the West, just a few more hours, unless you got out of work early. But in a few more hours, you will be joining us on the Labor Day weekend. It is the unofficial end of summer. I don't know how all of you out there feel about that. I'm a little upset. I like the warm weather. Then why am I stuck in Philadelphia? Well... As much as I don't like the snow, I think that the cold weather keeps us honest. I'm not looking forward to it, especially since the old farmer's almanac is saying we're going to have a really cold and snowy winter. Maybe this will finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back and has me move somewhere warm for the remainder of the year. I don't know. But what I do know is that because it is a holiday weekend and many of you are coming and going, we thought it would be a great time to do another one of our guest updates here on the show. You know, in the last... Five years, just about, we have had a lot of amazing guests from the world of daytime, and this week we are taking you back to one of our first shows. We're going to be putting the time coordinates on our time travel machine back to July 23rd, 2010, so a full four years ago, and it's an update with our guests Victoria Platt and Terrell Tilford. If you have not been on social media this week, then you may not know that the two welcomed the arrival of a baby girl earlier this week. And on Twitter and Facebook, Terrell Tilford posted, she arrived. Our baby girl Marley was born Sunday Eve, 24th of August, 2014. Mommy is resting, baby is healthy, and daddy is elated. But we're all together, and that is a gift. Hashtag three is the magic number. So on behalf of everyone at Soap Central Live, SoapCentral.com, the Voice America Talk Radio Network, and everyone out there who's listening, we want to congratulate Victoria and Terrell on their new bundle of joy. We wish them some sleep when they can find it. We all know that when babies first arrive, there are very few sleep hours there. But we thought it would be a really good time to share with you one of my favorite interviews from Soap Central Live. Again, going all the way back to 2010, this is an interview that Victoria did with us to promote her then-new series, The Gate, on ABC, and she was surprised with Terrell popping in, and one of the most memorable exchanges on Soap Central Live, Victoria and Terrell arguing over Brussels sprouts, having a farm of their own, and a couple of other things, but you could definitely, through all of it, feel the love, hear the love, So without any further ado, it's time to go back in the Soap Central Live Wayback Machine to July 2010. Let's take a listen. My guest this week was introduced to daytime audiences on All My Children, where she played a character who may or may not have practiced voodoo. 
now Victoria Platt is appearing on the ABC primetime series, The Gates, where she plays a doctor who has some very magical healing powers. In between AMC and The Gates, Victoria has appeared on Guiding Light. She's taken to the stage, appeared in several feature films, and she's fallen in love. So we're going to talk about all of that. Victoria, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thanks so much. It's so great being here. Well, I need to, first of all, thank you for dropping by because this is going to be the first chance that I've had to talk about vampires and witches and goblins and all kinds of good stuff here on the show. (laughs) Oh, good. And I'm glad I'm going to be the one introducing it because it's one of my favorite subjects. Oh, good. Well, we'll ask about that. We'll, We'll zoom into that in just a little bit. But there may be some listeners who are not completely familiar with the gates. So, Victoria, I'm going to give you a chance to offer up a little description of the series to them. Oh, okay. Well, The Gates um, is on ABC on uh, Sunday night, and um, it's about a gated community who uh, that basically takes care more of the people inside than the people outside. So it's a place where people can really be themselves, and in this case, they're vampires and werewolves and the like, witches, which I am one. <laughs> so okay. it's, uh, it's about a gated community, basically. Okay, well, that's better than the synopsis I was going to give, because mine was The Gates is a show about some really sexy people who I'd want to stay away from because they scare me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the sexy part. I should have used that. Well, you can, when we, uh, we talk about it later, you could feel free to, to show in there <laughs> the sexy part. Now... <laughs> For people out there who are listening and uh, may not be familiar with The Gates, the good thing is that I think we're only four episodes in, so there's plenty of time for people to get caught up by heading over to abc.com after they're done with their soap stuff on soapcentral.com, and they can get caught up. Yeah, you can watch all the episodes online on abc.com, and I did the uh, commentary for episode two. So if you want to watch episode two and click on that commentary, I give lots of little fun tidbits about the cast and behind-the-scenes stuff. Well, it's interesting as you bring that up. I'm curious, do you typically watch episodes of shows that you're in, or was this something that you did because you were asked to do so? It was something I did because I was asked. Um, I I go back and forth whether I like watching my self-work or not. In this case, it was helpful because any new show it's difficult to figure out what the tone of the show is going to be. You know, you see, it's different if I came on to, say, you know, Grey's Anatomy after six years in. Mm-hmm. I know the tone of the show because I've been watching the show. I know how they shoot. I know what the, you know, the music they're going to use. And it changes gotcha. how you work as an actor. In a new show, you don't know what the music's going to be. You know, don't know what the show is going to look like. Um, so it's sometimes hard to figure out how to work, what the process should be as an actor. Hmm. Um so when I watched the, because I was, I, the first episode I couldn't get my hands on, <laughs> but then when they asked me to do the commentary for the second episode, I got to watch it, and I realized, oh, that's the tone of the show. Oh, okay, got it. So then I watched three and four by myself, because I, you know, they let us uh, use the DVDs and check them out and watch them to see how we're doing or okay. if the scene worked or not. So. Well, it's in your commentary. I did watch the episode online with your commentary, and there were a couple of things that stood out to me. One of them was in a scene featuring Claire and Dylan, you made the following comment. (laughs) Ah, vampire love, so sexy. 
you had to use that sound bite. <laughs> it is, well, uh, I, I have to say, okay, what's the, the, I don't know, where are you leading me? I don't want to divulge more information. <laughs> I need to. Victoria, I'm leading you anywhere you want to go, so <laughs> feel free. Well, Terrell will tell you, if you ever get him on, he will tell you that there have been many times we've gone and watched, you know, he goes to see vampire movies with me. For me, though. He's not really going for himself. He knows that I love vampire flicks. <laughs> I'm into anything sci-fi fantasy. So he goes because he knows that, you know, I love it, and he's being a good husband. But there have been many a night afterwards that I've said, you sure you don't want to wear some fangs for me one night? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think vampires are sexy. I mean, that's like, I, I, I'm not the only one. That's what the whole Twilight craze is. Well, you know, vampires are supposed to be scary and, you know, and dark things that we stay away from. But that's not, that's the... Uh, Edward in Twilight. Yeah, he's, uh, that's the question I have. Why is it? I, I was just doing some off the top of my head, but it seems that all the vampires in movies and television have to be good-looking. We've got uh, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, the Twilight people that yeah. you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Even on Buffy, uh, David Boreanaz. Uh, oh, yeah. What's that about? I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I often ask myself, why do I have a fascination with vampires and why do I think they're sexy? I mean, there's... Of course, the, the whole notion of the whole notion of being with the bad boy. Okay, so it's uh, that to the extreme. It's that to the extreme, you know. And then there are always these love stories. So it's this impossible love where this, where you're in a relationship where this person is completely putting aside their nature to be with you. Hmm. You know, they're they're they're. they're absolutely denying themselves, you know, the one thing that satisfies them just to be with you. I mean, that just sounds like the most egotistical thing in the world, but <laughs> some people, it's, it would make you feel good. <laughs> well, outside of... You're willing to die to be with you. Yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's true. But, you know, outside of Dracula, the only non-sexy vampire that I could come up with was the Count from Sesame Street. That's true. Yeah, he's not, not so sexy. And uh, I think he's got, like, purple or blue skin or something, which kind of ruins it. But he's a Muppet. You know, I'm willing to look past that, Muppet. I guess. I am, too. I, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I am, too. But even, I don't know what, what this guy's name was. I should just Google it right now. But uh, George Hamilton. George Hamilton in Love at First Bite. It was, yeah. like, the late 70s or something. And that was the first vampire flick that I remember watching and going, oh, my God. Vampires are so sexy. <laughs> of course, I was only one and a half at that time, so <laughs> I'm aging myself here. So this has been an ongoing sort of uh, fascination for you with vampires. It is. I'm almost embarrassed, but there are so many people out there who feel the same that I don't feel alone. Yeah, you know, they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, how, many, how much money has the Twilight series made? Even... The soaps have gotten into it. Port Charles had a whole vampire storyline. Uh, Dark That's Shadows, right. of course. They did, yeah. They I mean, were maybe a little know. ahead of their time. Yeah, totally. But it isn't just vampires. Before people think that it's, uh, you know, to wear the turtlenecks, it's not just vampires that are on the gates. We have some other interesting residents. Yes. We have werewolves. Uh, there are werewolves. And... Um, and there are also uh, succubus paramour, 
which is a, that's an interesting thing. I thought, what a cool thing to put on the show. And in case you guys don't know what this, that is, that's already um, aired where I tell um, Thomas, Andy's father, that Andy has succubus paramour uh, cells in her body. Uh, her dad is human and her mom was a succubi. But there are like, if you go online and Google it, I, lo- I love Google, as you can tell, I've mentioned it a couple <laughs> times, but um, succubi are apparently these beings, these demonic beings. They're uh, normally women. <laughs> I wonder why that is. But normally women that, um, that go into, um, that actually infiltrate dreams of men mostly, mm-hmm. and um, they're supposed to suck the life force out of them while they sleep. And there have been accounts of guys, for real, like documented accounts of, of people saying, I woke up, I knew I was awake, but I couldn't move. I was having this horrible dream, and I woke up, and I couldn't move, and I felt like someone was sitting on my chest. And they say those are, those are uh, documented moments of uh, succubus paramour, trying to steal the life force of men while they dream. I think we have some of those on the soaps, too, now that I think about it. <laughs> and you know what? I think we do. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about some of the werewolves and suck you by. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of Victoria Platt from the Gates here on Central Live. And ask some normal questions next time so I don't sound like such a kook. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live after the break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, everybody. It's Dan Kroll from SoapCentral.com and Soap Central Live. We may be on break this week, but if you can't get enough of Soap Central Live, check out our archives at SoapCentralLive.com. You can download on demand any of our previous shows. You can stream them. It's completely free. It's a great place to go. And keep it tuned for Kroll Call coming this fall. It's everything you love about Soap Central Live, but we're going to be talking about things other than soaps. We'll be talking about current events and fashion and topics and food and all sorts of other good things. Go to CrollCall.com for more information. And now let's get back to our way back episode of Soap Central Live with Victoria Platt and Terrell Tilford. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hello, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'll just stick to interviews. We, we won't do imitations. Welcome back, everybody, to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'm here with Victoria Platt, who was discussing her sort of fascination with vampires before the break. So let's... I'm not sure. I can't talk about it anymore. Now I feel bad. I feel like I'm, I sound no. like a crazy person. 
not at all. But the thing that I find interesting, I want to find out what on this show, the gates, is real and what isn't. There are some werewolves, and we actually see wolves on the show. And I'm wondering, are they sort of CGI wizardry? Are they dogs with makeup? Or are they real wolves? You know what? They are pretty much wolf. They are, they are the most wolf that you could get without being dangerous. Like, they're still kind of dangerous. They're called Malamutes, I believe. And I think they're 80% wolf, uh-huh. which is a pretty large percentage of wolf to be, like, working and around people and stuff. We met them, and I say met in a very loose kind of way. We met them. They were on these huge chains. Um, oh. And <laughs> when we met them, the, the handler, their trainer, said, um, we just want to make sure you keep the kids away who are under, like, four feet because they look at them as prey. And I thought, we're going to be working with these animals. <laughs> wow, that's comforting. <laughs> Did you wear heels for the next couple of days? Just to be sure. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how tall am I? But they're wow. beautiful and really scary. But they also, you know, people don't realize wolves, you know, we think of them as being these ferocious um, animals. They're ferocious, but it's because of because they're fearful first. Hmm. It's what kind of triggers that ferociousness. So when we were around, they looked totally like they were freaked out. It was way too many people, and they were on they were on chains, so they couldn't really defend themselves. Um, and so they were kind of sketchy and a, a little bit suspicious, and they kind of stayed away from us, so they looked scared. And then when the handlers and trainers fed them that's when we saw, oh, yeah, that's the part we should be afraid of, the ripping apart meat in one giant gulp. Yep, that's a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm, you're talking about that, and then I'm thinking they showed on the news here uh, just recently some woman who went to Yellowstone and decided it would be cute to walk up to a buffalo, a wild buffalo, and then didn't understand why it charged her and, and stomped on her and, and flipped her over. And, what? Uh, I'm, hey, if they tell me to stay away and, and, you know, mind your own business, I'm all about it. I listen. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Is she okay? She's I mean, fine. Okay, she's, is she at least alive? Oh, she's alive. She has, a, I think, a broken bone and bruises, and she's on, on the news telling everybody, if they see signs that say don't feed the animals, listen to them, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you thinking? That, that's what like I want to know. New York? But, I'm sorry? Well, in New York, you know, we live in New York as well as Los Angeles and New York. People walk up to dogs on the street. How is so cute? so cute. And they just touch dogs. And I'm going, you don't know that dog. Then, okay, it's a domesticated animal, but you don't know them. You can get bit. You don't know. It's just like, what are you doing? So to do it with a wild animal, I just think is insane. But I, I feel that I, way about I, children, too. Okay. You never know if someone's, <laughs> someone's child is going to bite you either. I like that. I'm putting that as my update. <laughs> well, while we're talking about all of the, all of the craziness and, and werewolves and, and succubi and vampires, there is the very sweet and unassuming Dr. Pegg, who is your character on the gates, and she seems like quite a nice lady. She is. Dr. Pegg is... She's the good. She was, you know, she's she's the Glinda on the show. She's the good witch, and um, she was actually brought on. She is a, a real doctor, a conventional doctor with a degree and uh, and everything, uh, and a license to practice medicine. But the reason that uh, Frank Buckley brings her into the gate 
is because she's also a witch and a healer, and she's used to dealing with uh, supernatural and paranormal beings. Don't ask why. We haven't quite answered that question yet on the show. But um, Dr. Peg knows who everyone is in the gate. She knows who the vampires are, who the werewolves are, um, obviously who the selected by paramour are because I've diagnosed her. And, um, and that's why she's there. She's there to basically take care of those people. I mean, I think the, the lotion that the vampires use apparently so that they can actually go out into the sun, uh, the lotion that they use was created uh, apparently by Dr. Pegg. Oh, okay. So she's yeah. uh, all kinds of stuff here. And I'd imagine it's got to be fun being able to play a doctor, particularly sort of maybe an unconventional doctor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really awesome. I got to say belladonna and prolaxophil in the same sentence. Who gets to do that? <laughs> but um, I, there are a lot of, um, I do a lot of doctor stuff. Like I've had to learn. I went and trailed a doctor at oh. the at the, uh, yeah, I did, at the Barksdale Air Force Base um, in Shreveport. I trailed a doctor because they wanted me to do all this stuff, and I was like, gosh, I don't know what this is, and it just made sense to go and have some, uh, you know, do a little research, whatever. So I, I can do all kinds of things. Can you in real life, I actually think that I know something. <laughs> I probably don't, but... <laughs> But I do find myself when my friends tell me, you know, I'm having this pain and I'm going, okay, well, are you uh, experiencing any asphyxia? Are you experiencing any blah, blah, blah? Well, it could possibly be. I really don't know what I'm talking about. I hope they don't ever listen to me. (laughs) That's what WebMD is for, to go on and share yourself with anything that's possibly wrong with you, I think. (laughs) Right. Now, in all of this, with the vampires and the werewolves and, and witches and things, do you think that there's any sort of metaphor going on in this show or is it really just sometimes a cigar is a cigar um hmm, i think there's metaphors all over the place but uh i can find a a metaphor in pretty much anything um i think it's an interesting commentary on how we live uh i find new york in particular (laughs) to be a very isolating place um, that you are around all these people all the time and you bump into people all the time and you can't escape people at all. However, it's, everyone's very secretive about where they live and, and what they do and you don't really talk to people that you bump into and you're, not, you're dealing with people in a very intimate way, but you don't really know them. And that, to me, is the gate, is the, you know... Mm-hmm. 90% or actually like something like 80% of the gate, the community of the gates, the people who live there aren't supernatural beings. They're not paranormal. They're not vampires or werewolves and don't know that they exist, but they're living among these people. I mean, that's the whole thing with Nick and Sarah coming to, um, coming to the gates and it, it, he's the police chief. If uh, you guys don't know, Sarah is his wife and they come in and they have no idea who these people are, but you know, She's inviting them over to her house, and their kids are playing together at school. And it does kind of say, how, do we really know each other? Do we really know each other as people? I mean, and not on a large scale, not on a global scale, but just who you live next to next door. I mean, we've certainly heard about horror, we've certainly heard horror stories about 
those sorts of inc- incidents where there's someone living next door and you go, who's, you know, a mass mur- murderer or something like that, and you go, God, I didn't, I didn't know that person lived. They seemed so nice. I would see them cutting their grass. They always spoke, you know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm they're, good they're, at re- I'm good at going off on tangents, so you have to stop me, Dan. No, hey, it's, sometimes the tangents are the most entertaining things. And, and no, it's, you made me think completely uh, tangent-based. Where you you mentioned, you know, what do we really know? And I think that's sort of a sharp contrast to things like Facebook or Twitter, where you know you know when people are going to the bathroom, you know when they're paying their electric bill, you know when they're, you know, everything. You know everything about them. So that's sort of really, really interesting to put everything out there, but yet you still don't know anything about anybody. Right. That's, it is fascinating. I have really, I have real mixed feelings about the, about technology period. I mean, Terrell just made me buy a PDA because we were going to be apart so much that it's easier to communicate and you got, we send each other pictures or we could text or whatever. But, um, I went, you know, kicking and screaming and dragging to, you know, the tech, technological error, as it were, <laughs> because I, I really, it's, it's a little scary to me that people invite me to things on Facebook and I've never met them, you know, and they, you could trust me. So still invite me. I'm not saying don't invite me, but I, just, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> but I go, hmm, I, it, it, it really is, it really gives people access to your to you to, to to another person that they wouldn't normally have, and how safe is it? And how can we plug all the possible holes? You know, in terms of children using mm, yeah. the internet and using Facebook, how can we plug those holes so that it's um, much more safe for them to be on? And even tweeting. You know, I have young friends who tweet, and they go, "Well, my friends and I are just leaving the so and so," and I text them and go, stop telling people where you are. <laughs> you're telling people where you're going to be. Stop doing that. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I grew up in New York that I'm a lot more, uh, oh, yeah. uh, a lot more cautious, but, you know. No, I, I completely understand. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to tweet people now to let them know that we have to take another break, but we will be back with more. Uh, some soap stuff is coming up, and I have a couple very interesting questions for Victoria, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. So be back after the break with more of Soap Central Live. Voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. 
Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Dan Kroll, host of Soap Central Live. I hope that you are all enjoying your start of Labor Day weekend. Thank you for tuning into this special Wayback edition of Soap Central Live. And I wanted to take a moment to remind you to tune in to something brand new this fall. It's called Kroll Call. It's a new weekly radio show that we're launching right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's everything that you love about Soap Central Live and more. We're expanding the topic base to talk about television, film, music, sports, health and fitness, fashion, ways to save money, and food. There will definitely be talk about food. It's coming up this fall. Go to KrollCall.com. Follow us on Twitter at KrollCallShow. Look for our page on Facebook, Kroll Call, like us there. In the meantime, let's get back to our way back edition of Soap Central Live with newly parents. Is that a word? Well, it is now, at least for the purpose of the show. With newly parents, Victoria Platt and Terrell Tilford. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Now, who says that magic doesn't happen on live radio. When we went to break, it was myself, I was chatting with Victoria Platt, and now presto changeo, we are also joined by One Life to Live star, Terrell Tilford. Terrell, welcome. Hey, hey. what's up, there? Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> hey. hey, honey, how are you? I'm good, how about yourself? I'm great, thanks. We've been having a great good. time, Dan and I. Good, no pillow talk right now with you and I on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe just a little. I think that one of the things that people love so much about soaps is the romance. And I would dare say that the time that you spent at Guiding Light is life-changing for both of you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) Oh, Oh, here he goes. That's a word for it. No, no, it's, it's good. It, 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 it has been life-changing. I mean, you know, everybody knows what she means to me and how she's impacted my life and, you know, and essentially helped me grow as a person. So I'm curious, yeah, you know, who I made bet. the first move? <laughs> I don't know. You want to tell them, honey? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the dastardly move. <laughs> well, actually, I, the funny thing I, is, he made I the made first the move. move. For, I made the move um, for a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the first yeah. time he said, the first time he came on to me was at my screen test. It was my audition, and he hey. comes into the room and he says, "So, uh, do you want to run any lines?" Oh. And I listen to him like, "Oh my God, talk about one of the I, oldest lines in the book for an actor." Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to. I was just trying to be helpful. <laughs> And then it took a year from that to 
try again? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Twitter. Well, I don't know. You know, you probably have a totally different thing about this because I thought we were just friends, but I guess you had designs on me and he was like planting seeds and had this, you know, this whole, <laughs> this whole plan and strategy. Hey, hey, going. I was just playing a cool and collective. I was giving you a chance to come around. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, Dan, for, for the first year or so, I sort of, you know, made my bids here and there and they weren't really falling too well and and then I kind of just sort of reserved myself to the fact that um I wasn't going to get her and then um as fate would have it she actually um made the first move a year later wow that would be the second move oh but okay Okay. I know what you mean (laughs) I stand corrected as I always do uh yeah after um, after about a year, I realized this is a really great guy. What am I doing? <laughs> I guess it's all it's it's all place and time for a lot of people. It doesn't necessarily happen when each person thinks that it's going to happen. No, no, yeah. and that's that's the great thing of how the whole thing unfolds because it really actually did just give us a great opportunity to really develop a friendship, which with a, a woman in a relationship I hadn't really developed previously, so that was something very new in and of itself, so actually having developed a friendship with Vic over, you know, that year before we actually started dating, you know, really had a chance to just really get to know one another on a, you know, a much more deeply personal level that didn't really have stakes involved. Well, we were talking, uh, for folks who are listening, and we're talking about the relationship that cooked up between Victoria and Terrell, but something that I've noticed on Facebook is that, Terrell, you're always posting these mouth-watering menus of, of what's for dinner. Is this really what you're eating every night? Uh, to be honest, I only post uh, the meals that I cook. I don't post like if I've gone out somewhere and grabbed some food or something like that. And what most people normally respond or think is that Vic is actually there cooking them for me. And what they don't realize is that half the time she's either in Los Angeles or in Louisiana. So it's like, no, i I, I got a theme for myself here, dude. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, Terrell is a really great cook. It was one of the things that uh, he ma- he made a roasted chicken for me one day. Uh, yeah. Before we were really, really dating, he made a roasted chicken for me one day, and I was like, whoa. Okay, point point for Team Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dan, you never know exactly what the ingredients are in those meals. <laughs> oh, stop. I have a feeling that Dr. Pegg might, though. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So let me, uh, on the flip of it, we know that uh, one half is a really good cook. Uh, Victoria, how are you in the kitchen? I'll let Terrell tell you that. I I, Uh I don't want to, you know. What do you think, baby? She's actually uh, actually a fantastic cook, and I'm not saying that because she's on the phone here or something like that. She really is. And usually what, what ends up happening is most of the time when we are together, she'll cook like the vegetarian or seafood dinners, and I'm usually hand-doing, you know, any of the meats, beef, chicken, pork, you know, something like that. Or in the case of a couple of weeks ago, she did some buffalo or something. But, like, when we're in Los Angeles, um, I sort of hog the grill, and she'll, uh, she'll do the, she'll do the uh, baking or, or, or sauteing or something in the kitchen itself. We always yeah, end up talking about... 
Go ahead. I do a lot of experimenting. I like yes, trying. I'm the one that tries a bunch of weird stuff. And there have been times when it's been like a really great meal and it's been a hit. And there have been times when we've sat, that we, you know, we sit there and that first bite happens and we look at each other across the table and I go, <laughs> should we order out? <laughs> and it's like, yep. Okay, good. Yeah, Let's order out. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we kind of sit at the, at the table when we are together having dinner. We'll, we'll sit and have, we're like our amateur uh, food critics, you know. So, you know, we do our wine pairings with the food as well, and we oh, talk wow. about what works, what didn't, you know, what's in it. So, you know, we're a little corny like that. Yeah. No, well, we're not corny we're at all. I think, I think we're foodies, baby. That's a good thing. We're, we we really enjoy We really enjoy eating and, and, oh, yeah. and having wine and, yeah. Yeah, and she eats a lot, too, so you can imagine what kind of practice we get. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> we I mean, always she, she's down in, she's down in New Orleans food. right now. I bet she is tearing that town apart. I well, sure let's, am. Let's find out. What are some of the the foods that you've been able to enjoy since you're you're filming, as we mentioned, in Louisiana? What are some of the things that you've uh, been able to enjoy while you're down there, food wise? Um, probably the uh, what what they call mud bugs down here, which no are idea. actually um, crawfish. Oh, okay. I've had you know crawfish. People are like, "Ew, mud bugs! How do you eat something that's called mud bugs?" <laughs> oh, you get your hands on a good crawfish etouffee. You understand what I mean. It is so good. A boiled crawfish or oh, delicious. How many different ways can you have a crawfish? I'm still exploring that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but many different ways. I mean, besides crawfish, that's say and boiled crawfish. I've had a crawfish omelet. I've had a, a crawfish dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, a crawfish po'boy, which is like a, a here. It's it's the Louisiana's version of a of a hero. Okay. Sandwich. Yeah, very good. And then of course there's the bread pudding, because and, and bread pudding down here is the best ever. Wow. And um, mm. yeah, and jambalaya. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we still have about twenty minutes left, so I don't get too hungry. Let's get off a little bit about food, but let's let's turn <laughs> it and make a slight segue. Okay. What is your least favorite food? We'll do both, but since, Victoria, you started uh, mouth-watering over there, what's your least favorite food? I don't like anything with capers. I hate That's capers. That's true. And I forget every time or when I throw capers on some salmon or something like that, she'll go, honey, can you eat these off here? Remember, I don't like capers. And I go, really, you don't? <laughs> like, I'm like so surprised and almost like hurt that she doesn't because I love them so much. And I'm like, it's been 10 years, baby. You can't remember that. It's only one thing on the planet that I don't eat so far. Capers. <laughs> For me, Brussels sprouts. Ooh. Yeah. Could do without. Could do without. Even as a kid, when I had to eat them, I said to swallow them whole. <laughs> Real? What? Now Vic, now, Vic, of course, has has tried to serve them to me. She's steamed them and lathered them up very nicely with butter, which I think is twice as gross. <laughs> and I go, sweetheart, I, I'm not eating that. And she'll say, come on, just try it. I'm like, why? I know I don't like it. Just try it. So I try it. I make a funny face. I get grossed out. She gets a big laugh out of it. There's the payoff. <laughs> but some things I've cooked that he didn't like, 
uh, that he said he didn't like before I cooked them, he liked them afterwards, like baby bok choy. He was like, ah, I don't like that. I was like, you haven't had it the way I cook it. So I made the baby bok choy for him. Loved the baby bok choy. Now he requests the baby bok choy. That's, that's true. The name alone still scares me. <laughs> you seem to have a, a, an aversion to vegetables that start with B. No, but she's always like yanking oh, something out of the ground. Oh, that's a good She does. Some, yanking something out of the ground or grabbing some herbs or something. Hey, baby, try this. Like, I'm, I'm the experiment, you know, dude here or whatever. So she's like, here, try this. I'm like, she's like, well, you know, you, you might break out in hives or something, but you'll be fine. <laughs> That's not true. I don't do that. In in L.A., we grew, I grew my own herbs. I was very proud of my garden. Uh, my tomatoes didn't do very well. Okay. And I think my cabbage would have been brilliant. I think my cabbage is probably delicious because the squirrels ate it before I got a chance to get to it. Oh. But um, but I I I really like the whole living off the land thing. I like the idea of of growing and you know and eating your own. Produce. Like we we had avocado trees and and yeah. lime trees and lemon trees and orange. I mean, you, you name it, we had it in L.A. Now, if you had the ability, would you also do the whole uh, uh, own animals and things like that too, or are you strictly just going to say let's stick with vegetables? You mean um, like having a cow roaming around or something? <laughs> you know, cows, chickens, perhaps. Uh, no, not because, buffalo, not apparently. Because, not because I love animals. Any animal that we have on our property, we can't I, slaughter it. I'm not eating that. That's disgusting. Okay, so I have a very different view about this. And so okay. I've always said to Terrell, you know, when we, when we retire, whatever that means, I want to have a place in Montana. I don't know why Montana. It just seems like it has a lot of space. And I shout want to out to the people farm. in Montana. Shout out to the people and in Montana I, that are listening yeah, right now. Shout out to Montana. Um, and I want to have our own farm where we have our own animals. And, and I think, I don't think people have enough respect for the food that they eat, especially the live food. Now, I mean, live food in terms of hearts, because technically, yes, plants are also alive. But, right. Yeah, I, um, I don't want having animals. I don't want to have a slaughterhouse. Okay, I, I I'm not saying. Uh, let's not argue on, uh, on on national radio here. Let, let, let's not let's not break up on internet radio. That would blow. <laughs> that would suck. No, but I, but I think that having your own animals and raising them, and then eating them, would give you a different respect for what animals go through and what they sacrifice for us to eat. I think we would eat meat less, which would be better for us. I mean, health wise, mm-hmm. and um, and. And better for the planet. And see, I, I feel like I would be letting the animals down. Like, I built them up as this great friendship and everything. Then, you know, I come out there one day and it's like, well, Sally, the jig is up. And she's looking at me, her eyes are all bulged. Like, wait a minute, you should come out here and, like, pet me and, and we talk. Well, I'm going to take a few minutes to let the animals run free. Uh, but while in that time, we'll take a little bit of a break. But we'll be back with more of So Central Live after the break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I want to let you know that no animals were harmed during the production of today's episode. Uh, I am joined this week by two guests. We have Victoria Platt from ABC's The Gates, and we have Terrell Tilford from ABC's One Life to Live. And uh, we're going to move off of food for just a little bit, guys, and we're going to talk about something I found was interesting that maybe some folks don't know is that, Terrell, you are not only an art collector, but an artist. Yeah. Hey, don't be silent over there, Terrell. He's really, really good. I wish he would paint more. I'm, I'm listening, Dan. Go ahead. Call her. <laughs> and no, beyond I, um, that. Yes, I, I've, I've represented it at one point over 40 artists across the world, and I am a painter who does not publicly um, display his paintings. Uh, one of the primary reasons why, one, it's just a meditative thing for myself. The other thing is I never wanted people to get the wrong impression of why we started the fine arts company. I didn't want them to think that because it has my name on it, that whole thing that I'm trying to promote my own art. So, you know, as much as I believe in actors and firemen and plumbers, whomever, that they should make a living, you know, by what they do, the same way I want to be able to help visual artists uh, make a living at what they do. So the painting thing is, uh, it is a personal, but yes, I do. 
And something else I think probably that's really personal, uh, personal is the fact that we should wish you a happy belated birthday. Yay. It was Yay, yesterday. God. God, I won't say it was birthday yesterday. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yep. There'll be no I'm singing, and I've already done one impression uh, earlier in the hour, so I won't pretend to be anybody. But uh, on behalf of everybody, of course, a happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and, I, and I have to say, and I haven't had a chance to post it yet because I've been shooting, but I was completely overwhelmed and really actually <laughs> moved to tears at um, the amount of postings that people had put on Facebook. I was really touched by that. I think fan support is something that is so important. We were talking earlier, Victoria, about how uh, people are inviting you who you've never met to certain events, but I think that for fans, it's really a great opportunity, the Internet, uh, to be able to reach out and say thank you to people who have entertained them, uh, who have been a part of their lives. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, this this is a great way also to reach your fans. So let's start and talk about for fans who want to you know, sort of show their support and let everybody know that they, they like the gates. How do folks go about doing that? Well, there are a couple ways. Um, if, you, if you really like the show and, and, uh, and you want to just say hi, you can go on abc.com and go to, uh, go to the message boards or leave feedback. Um, or you could uh, write into ABC. They, they love hearing from you. And, um, and I love hearing from you, too. You could send me a message on Facebook, or you could uh, go to my website. I have a new website. It's victoriaplatt.com. Very simple. <laughs> I should <laughs> but, be able to um, remember that. But, yeah, but also, you know, the, the, great, uh, the thing about soap fans especially that I love is they know that their uh, opinions matter. Mm-hmm. And um, they write in, they go, hey, this storyline doesn't make sense to me. This is kind of ridiculous. What are you guys doing? And it keeps... Um, it keeps the writers and the and the um, and the network kind of on their game, which is great. So if there's even something on the gates, you know, you do it with daytime. You can totally do it with prime time. If there's something going on in the show that you really love, let them know. If there's something going on on the show that you're like, hmm, I don't know how I'm feeling about that, or that's not really cool, or we want to see more of this, um, let them know. They actually really, really listen to that stuff. They really use that feedback as a way to direct the show. Well, we were talking uh, certainly about soap fans. I think that we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk briefly about the end of Guiding Light. It's coming up on a year now, and uh, yeah. certainly would allow both of you to share some of your, well, other than your obviously favorite memory, but some of your, your thoughts on the end of uh, a television institution. Well, yeah, you know, I... I, I Go ahead, baby. You two are cute. Let's start with Terrell. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, I think the, the medium of television uh, is really sort of under threat in many respects, you know, with, as a result of the popularity of all these reality shows. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very biased. I'm not a huge fan of reality shows for the simple fact that they, you know, they, they are devised. Um, as low production, um, high volume um, television shows. And as a result, you know, they've taken some of our mainstay television shows off the air. The mere fact that Guiding Light, the very first broadcast anything, whether it was on the radio, television, whatever, the, the mere fact that that show went off the air just shows a lack of disregard that I think that, you know, these quote-unquote powers that be a decision makers have 
for the institution of television and for the people who have invested in them their entire lives. And I, I, I really think that it's a travesty. And I think that because of that, because of now, as the world turns going off the air this coming September as well, you know, fans need to, we need to hear their voices that much more. They need to be writing into the networks of their favorite shows and saying, please keep our show on the air. What do we have to do to keep our show on the air? I think that's so important. We have about two minutes until close, so, Victoria, I'm going to give you the last word on guiding light. Oh, well, I, I think Terrell said it really succinctly. I, I, you know, he basically weighed in for the both of, both of us, but I miss it. I mean, I quite enjoyed I watched it even after we went off because, I mean, besides some of those people being our friends, um, mm-hmm. it was one of the better shows, I thought, and just its history was really, really important. Um, I also miss being on it. It was a fun show to be on. It was great. There were great people we were working with, um, besides my husband. Um, so it's, it's a sad thing. I mean, I, it, I, I see a trend, and I am a little concerned about that. And I think Guiding Light was the beginning of that trend, unfortunately. You have been listening to a special Wayback edition of Soap Central Live, an episode that first aired July 23rd, 2010, you heard Victoria Platt and Terrell Tilford. The reason we are broadcasting this show is because they are now the proud parents of a baby girl named Marley, who was born on August 24th. We send out our love and congratulations to them. If you like this episode and are thinking, wow, I didn't know that there were so many old episodes of Soap Central Live, well, yes, as a matter of fact, there are. There are almost 250 episodes in our archives at SoapCentralLive.com. And the good thing about it is if you missed any of them, you can listen to them anytime you'd like on demand for free. You can stream them to any web-enabled device. You can download them. You can put them on an iPhone or an iPod or one of those devices. Take it with you. Listen to it. Take it on a tablet. Again, it's completely free. And if you'd like, you can also download a free app to listen to the show on the go. So no matter where you are, you can always stay in touch with Soap Central Live. We are going to be back next week with a brand new show. It will be the 6th of September? No, it will actually be the 5th of September. So don't look for us on the 6th because that's a Saturday and I will be off somewhere doing whatever it is I do. But we're going to be back on the 5th of September. Until then, I hope you all have a great week. Join us next time for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week and holiday, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.